0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Through the Web, where we talk all things tech, business, and internet. I'm Dagogo. I'm
1: Tawsef. And I'm Brayden. And we'll start the day by looking at one of the comments from our previous episode. Mm -hmm. Um, It's from Atkiemizuo, I hope I'm saying that right. He says, I've been listening to this podcast religiously for a very long time, and this is the first time I'm actually, quote unquote, watching an episode. It feels... Nice to be able to put the faces to the voices I've heard for quite some time. Cheers, mates. As usual, I loved the episode. Very interesting that there's actually so many listeners only of the podcast who have mm-hmm. found us through, I don't know, through Explore page on their podcast apps or something. So if you've never seen us, um, hello uh, still <laughs> through, through audio, but do come check out our YouTube channel because I don't think we talk about that enough. So maybe people don't even know. Right.
0: True, I guess uh, we just say if you're watching or listening, that's about as much as yeah. a clue as we give. Yeah, I guess. So.
1: <laughs> uh, but no, thank you for the comment. Uh, there, I really appreciate um, you know anyone who's listening and, and been watching. We've been doing this for over a year now, and it's been quite uh, <laughs> quite interesting. You know, it's, it's it's kind of like a side project to Cold Fusion. We we're still kind of cruising along taking a casual approach to tech, business, and internet. Um, so for anyone who has been sticking with us for, for such a long time, thank you very much. Otherwise, how was your week, day? You have well, a big, uh, small <laughs> First of all, <laughs> happy birthday.
0: Thank you. That's uh, one of the things I was going to So mention. that was, yes, yes, it was
1: your birthday this
0: week. Now 74 years old. It's uh, uh,
1: just, uh, you know, um, <laughs> a couple of years behind me, but... Uh, <laughs> Fifty years <laughs> over, Brayden. Yes, yes. So yes. uh, Brayden's the the only young hunk on the on the on the show. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, yeah no, how was your
0: birthday? Yeah, no, it was good. Just um, you know, spent it with family, friends, and lunch and dinner, all that. Some, nice. Got some presents and whatnot. So it was good. It was good. What was the best birthday present you've ever had? Ever ever had? Um, as in physical thing or anything? Probably like a surprise birthday that I. Oh, it got once. So it was like, I had no idea. I should have, but I had no <laughs> idea. So yeah, I, I rocked up. I thought it was just going to be a simple dinner. But then there was like all wow. these people. Like, yes. Yeah, so it it oh, that's was, nice. Yeah. Uh,
1: Braden, what was the what's uh, the best birthday present you've ever received? Or gotten? Um, Don't tell me you haven't gotten anything. <laughs> the way your face is blanked.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just say my life? <laughs> i guess <I'm laughs> oh, wow i uh, need
2: to think about I it i need some prep time for that one just put you on the
0: spot
1: <laughs> okay we can come back to it towards the end of the show and then, then might have to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay um i can't think of anything to there to refer. Uh, so you asked the, the, the question spot. but no <laughs> yeah, answer but no, yeah but um i did have a surprise party which was quite nice but The thing about surprise birthday parties is that uh, one, I think, point in your life if you've got enough family and friends, you expect it on the day of your birthday. For me, it happened a week before the birthday itself. So I had zero idea. Okay. And I think the best surprises are not on the day of the birthday because you have some sort of probability of thinking, oh, this might be, this might be some more people coming in or joining or propping up from behind the furniture (laughs) uh, to give you a mini heart attack. uh, yeah, I think, I think maybe if you do it like, I don't know Six months away from your birthday or right. <laughs> Like a very random day like 27 days after your birthday There's no way we we're expecting That's it That's
0: true That's a good point That's a good point uh, but sure. Sorry,
1: continue uh, we'll
0: uh, Yeah, no, yeah, uh, yeah So that, that was good But also I've recovered from my sickness yes. Just about Probably 90% So only that. fusion, no cold Yes, no cold It's back to just fusion uh, And I have a very big announcement to make mm-hmm. On this podcast okay. I will pull something out of my pocket.
1: Oh, oh my <laughs> goodness! For those listening in, it's uh, not NSFW. <laughs> it's it's
0: it's an, it's an iPhone. It's iPhone 15 Pro Max, and wow. um, I've had it for a grand total of one day. Okay, um, so it's brand new. Haven't even got like half the stuff on there, but I've just been using it, seeing how it's like, and. First thing I could say is like the battery life is actually pretty good. Like even though I haven't – I've never charged it since I've had it. But like it's just been lasting. I've been watching YouTube videos, (laughs) Google Maps, and it's just kept going. So I did see a uh, battery test with all the iPhones in the past like five years from – what's his name? Mr. Who's the Boss. Mm -hmm. Like he just did like a loop test on different – like scrolling Instagram, just uh, doing maps, a bit of gaming, video watching for hours and hours on end. And this phone was equal best. Of all the iPhones battery life, I was like, I'm gonna get that one. So I think I'm seeing some of that. Obviously, it's very early to tell, but I could just tell it's lasting longer than I thought it would. So um, also enjoying the sound, that's good. But I know there's just some things I'm gonna miss. Like, for example, first thing I did, don't know why I didn't look this up earlier, but like, is there a way to do split screen at all? And I, I know that iPhones don't quiet, but you can, whenever there's media playing, you can do split, not split screen, but picture in picture so it floats. It's not its not the same. Uh, and there is a way to do it through browsers, like as in having to, there's an app that allows you to do like web versions of apps in Windows split and you can adjust it, but that's a bit, I don't know. So I'm just hoping that Apple gets to that. But I'm also um, looking forward to testing some of the gaming capabilities. So I went on the app store and looked for Resident Evil, like mm-hmm. that uh Ray tracing game that's coming out. Well, that I thought was out, but it's actually coming out on October 30th. So <laughs> it's not even out yet. But overall, so far, so good. But I haven't had that much time to, mm. to really uh, experience it. But it just feels wild that I have an iPhone. I've, I've never had one in my life for, for clarity there. And I just never thought I would. But I think it's it's just good to try all things and just, just see how it's like so
1: yeah i mean the week of your birthday you get an iphone and it's it's like a new to google yeah it is and, and it's very concerning for me because i've been you know doing this podcast for over a year now and i've just slowly seen people in this show you know walk over to the other side starting with Braden, who got his new macbook what a year ago now was it yes yeah, it would have been in the in the previous studio yeah yeah it was right and then you got your iphone straight after that S- very similar pattern here, Mister mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Trade here got his MacBook first, mm-hmm. and then slowly moved to the iPhone. Yeah. So now I've got even more of a resistance towards it, <laughs> even though I've been like hyping up Apple. I'm I'm just going to be that <laughs> the one of those Android boys, like no. Well, technically so I'm the, a Chrome. Yeah, boy. exactly.
0: But that's that's you know Google is the king of Android, so. Yeah, yeah,
1: well, uh, yeah, I have been thinking about the the 8 a little bit more, but, man, the, the, the iPhone, just, l- yeah, the, the camera and
0: everything. Sorry, that's another thing. So uh, by the time I had tested out the cameras, it was like night, so I didn't really – I haven't tested it out in the day at all, ever, okay. so, yet. But – um, Test now? <laughs> think about it right now. <laughs> no, but um, of what I've seen, um, there's – the 60 hertz mm-hmm. um, or 60 FPS on the primary camera, I've never seen a phone look like that. Right. Usually you get very stereotypical jittering, like micro jitters when you, you pan, but there's none of that. So it almost looks like a video game through the lens. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's very unique. So anyway, uh, video performance on the iPhone is what I was looking forward to most. And I've been watching some videos on just the benefits of shooting in RAW um, like raw log on on the iPhone like basically basically you get a lot less compression so it doesn't have that stereotypical phone look but obviously you have to go back and color grade afterwards but just seeing some of the output from the raw log video was like wow this is yeah it's a next level you know but anyway that's all neither here nor there but I'm just yeah I'm just happy happy with it so far so yeah
2: sticking with the phone theme um, OnePlus announced their new foldable uh, this week Uh, it's a 2K 120Hz uh, OLED for the external uh, screen. It's got Hasselblad cameras. Um, the outer AMOLED is 6.31 inches uh, and has a 20 by 09 aspect ratio. Um, it, and the front camera, or the this other camera, is 4K uh, video at 30fps. Um, the main display is a 2440 by 2268 10-bit display and it covers the full DCI P3 color range um, and it has a dynamic refresh rate of 1 to 120 hertz um, it's got a 20 megapixel selfie cam and it has the new uh, Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 chip in it which is the 4 nanometer mm-hmm. uh, and it'll cost $1,700 mm.
0: So literally I was looking at so many reviews of that phone, yeah. uh, that foldable before I got the iPhone because I was, I was like, oh, this is tempting. Now it's a foldable that... So for those of you who don't know, a lot of people are causing a fuss about this foldable because it's one of the first ones that... Well, in the American market anyway, that has basically no crease. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite hard to see unless you have the screen off or you look at it in a weird off-axis way. Um, and that's something that I did appreciate and also the outside screen apparently is very comfortable it's almost like a regular phone instead of having that narrow band like the galaxy fold does Um, and yeah performance is good and also the multitasking the way they've done it is actually quite it makes sense it's like the first when you see it for the first time you're like ah that's the way it always should have been so imagine if you unfold the fold it's like a square right but instead of having two apps side by side and that's it you can almost have a third app off screen and you can only see a little bit of it. But then when you click on it, it comes into view. So it's like you have this canvas, same with the top and bottom. So you have this canvas where you can like multitask between different screens. Um, and there's also a quick shortcut at the bottom where you can drag and drop files like into whatever, like if it's a picture, you can drag and drop it. And I was like, that just it just makes sense. Um, so I was looking forward to it uh, in terms of just finding more out about it and if I would like it. But then I saw mkvhd's review on it and already he's got some dead pixels in the center i was like yeah no nah.
1: <laughs> fun fact apparently it was tested um to a million folding actions mm-hmm. uh, by tuv Rhineland and that equates to 100 opens and closes per day for 10 years mm. according I, to I, I
0: saw the factory so who was it um Mr. Mobile. He went right. to the factory, and they were showing all of those robots but and the devices. Testing has
1: been done, like quite comprehensive. So it's it's, it's kind it's, of
0: it's it's true. Like it's you you, like, you can say, "All oh, right, like they've tested it." But we see this every time. Like yeah. Samsung made the same claims, and you could right. they were doing drop tests and all of this. But for some reason, when it just comes to day to day usage, they seem to break. <laughs> it's just I don't know. I'm not sure if maybe doing it uniformly every single time in terms of opening Mm. and closing isn't quite the same. Uh, If you look at material science, maybe it's kind of just the fact that um, if you strain a material to different degrees every time, maybe it has more of a cumulative effect than just doing it the same every single time. The velocity at which you close it, maybe it matters. Like some could be slammed shut fast, others slow. So I don't know. I'm not sure exactly why that's the case. But it seems like testing doesn't equate to real life durability in as we've seen of the past three years with these foldables so I think until they get durable enough where you can use it confidently for two years without any issues then I don't think I'll see myself getting one because I I know some people that have had a foldable for like three weeks so the z flip fold I know someone that Mm -hmm. has that and literally there's like a black blotch that's going through the the wow. craze—it just just seems to happen a lot. Yeah.
1: And also for seventeen hundred US dollars, yeah. that—that's like you know when, when the flagship iPhone and Google Pixels are in you know close to that 1,000, 1200 ish range, um, a seventeen hundred foldable phone with potential dead pixels in the middle.
2: It's I, just a risk. It's such a huge. It, it risk It is a risk, and yeah. I still
1: don't understand who the market is for foldables. Still, mm. I know Google came out with it. I know um, you know Samsung's been pushing it for for a few years now. Oppo um, and now OnePlus, obviously, mm. you know, but the campaign for this was was quite mm. um, extensive as well, mm. um, and they had a lot of target market in, in South Asia. Um, so I picked up some of the news from there as well. So for oh, me, uh, I, I still don't understand like like who's the market for. So the, the
0: market is me. Like that's. I I was a very very early adopter of the Galaxy Note in 2010, mm-hmm. so like I, I knew that big phones were the future, and I'm always looking for the next thing. And when I saw this, I was like, great, this is amazing. But the only thing that's stopping me is literally just the, it just breaks all the time. So
1: so, so you'd be okay to paying, you know over fifteen, also even more than $2,000 for, for Australian the, the, dollars. The way
0: I see it is it's getting two devices in one. Right. Um, so I think, yes, it's, it's, I think it is technically overpriced, but you can understand this is an early adopter product mm. still, even though it's been a few years. Mm-hmm. But also just the, the utility you get from it is more than any other smartphone. So I, I kind of see it that way. Um, so I, I would be the target demographic, but I know that's not a lot of people. So it's still um, a very niche market that is, they're, they're is. going
1: to be, um, I guess, applicable for.
0: Yeah, it still definitely is a very niche market. And uh, I don't know, like the price either has to come down or, the, or both the... Okay, the price and the durability has to go down, but also the durability has to come up for it to actually come across the mainstream. Because, I don't know, if you know someone who has one of those devices, and like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And then they come back a week later and it's broken. <laughs> and then you're like, mm, maybe not. And that's... Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the, the story nowadays. Um so, yeah, I don't know. Foldables are the future, but not quite yet.
1: And you miss that stylus a little bit, don't you? Sorry? Your, you miss that stylus on your Samsung?
0: Uh, well, it's been one day with the iPhone, <laughs> so not quite yet. But I will, yeah, I think I will miss Cause, that. Because
1: with the foldables, that's also something that you can do a lot more often. So um,
0: you know? I know, well, I'm not sure if this latest uh, OnePlus has a stylus. Right. I, I haven't seen that anywhere, so mm. perhaps not. Uh, There's something else I was going to say about it but I can't recall. Oh, also, another thing is usually the cameras on these foldables, for some reason, just aren't as good as regular candy bar right. phones. So that's another thing that kind of made me pause for a bit.
1: Mm. Also, have you heard about the, the rumors of um, new Mac and iPads that might be announced uh, this month? No. So there's just been rumors floating around that, um, uh, especially I think from a Bloomberg story, mm. saying that uh, the next iMac... Um, will release apparently before they release the earnings early next month. So it could be by the end of this week we might be seeing a new iMac and even a new iPad. Because right. they only launched the the Apple Pencil uh, in the middle which is apparently very, with a USB-C charging uh, capability. A new, a new Apple Pencil? Yeah. Oh, didn't say um, okay. that. So I think it's the newest gen Apple Pencil that you okay. can charge with the USB-C if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But yeah, it just seems like we're towards the end of October mm. uh and the the thing that's on the horizon apparently seems to be a, a new iMac which is seems like the most confirmed version of it
0: well that that'll be interesting um because you're going to get it huh you're going
1: to get it no <laughs> i'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm done with the, the whole, whole package i'm done Get I'm the done. apple watch 2 man um
0: no <laughs> so um i i would be interested to see if the M3 chip is going to be in the, it should be um i think because with 3 nanometers, we should be seeing quite a uh, a bump up. Uh, you know, as I said with the iPhone, I was a little bit disappointed um, with the 3 nanometer process and the yields that it gave in terms of performance increases. It wasn't remarkable, but I don't know. Battery life seems good. But, um, yeah, sorry, it's just as a side point, I just realised that me having this iPhone would be the first 3 nanometer process consumer product ever, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So that's, that's something. Yeah, so like, it'll be interesting to see if the M3 chip is in there and what, what that entails. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, um,
1: I think uh, I really haven't been into the, the Apple ecosystem as, as a user as much. So honestly, it's, um, uh, we'll just have to see how, how it comes out and how the, the users actually mm-hmm. you know, take it on face value. But yeah, I don't know. Like, Braden, would you be keen on getting an iMac uh, for your main workstation?
2: Wait, is the iMac the small studio one or is it the the, the big, big one? The it's count?
0: the it's the all in one, isn't it? Yeah, it's the all in one like yeah. the screen.
2: Ah, uh, Because the Mac Studio is the small
1: one that mm. you can carry around.
2: I think if it's just a or standard the standard M chip, so if it's an M it's just M3, probably not. If it, especially if they keep it like small in terms of core count and like RAM limitations and whatnot. I think if it if they gave it the Pro or the whatever the next one is that they're going to... If they do double it again like they did with the previous gen, then mm. um, I'd, I'd go to that. I, I wouldn't go anything less than a Pro. I
0: think it's going to be... Because usually they start with the M3 and then they go um, Pro and then Max and then Ultra. That's how it's been for the past two cycles. So yeah. I think it will yeah, it'll be the lowest one at this point. And that's like the consumer everyday, like, all-in-one computer. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at the colours, they're all... <laughs> Hello, everyone. If you look at the colours, they're all like uh, you know very fun colours, and they're meant to sit in like a uh, a room and just look good. It's not supposed to be performance orientated or anything like that. So, yeah. um,
1: quick question for you because you've been using. Um pc is your main workstation and Mm. i guess your laptop as well has been editing there as well
0: so do you know what since i got this i have i literally haven't turned on my computer really yeah this is just so much better right
2: yeah
1: and uh, so uh, i guess my question would have been that shifting between the two has Mm. it ever been an issue for you or at all
0: no like this it this feels like this is your main workstation yeah so like i just you know hdmi monitors Mm -hmm. and that's it um yeah, I'd like I feel like this is a different kind of class of product because okay. there's no spooling up and there's no heat, no fans, and it's just way faster. So I what
2: what yeah. about you, Um, Braden? um I uh, sold my Windows PC. Man, <laughs> here? I'm not,
0: Just try it. Try it for a week, and you'll be like, okay, I get it. You know, like
2: I've used this
1: before, and I understand it. But it's like it just seems so aggressive. Like everyone who's going to go to Apple just. It's not like okay, I'll I'll have both. It's like I still- no, I'll get into one and I'll murder the other one out. No,
0: but it's it's not a conscious choice. It's literally a, there's just been no use for it.
1: Okay, Brendan, so um, you're fully Mac as well,
2: pretty much. I, like I, I, I once I started using it, the only thing I was ever touching the PC for was like After Effects because mm. it just seemed to manage the RAM better. But then I stopped using it for most of that stuff. I started transferring a lot of projects over to Mac and. I literally never needed it like I have a PS5 so I don't even play that many games on it so Mm -hmm. yeah I I don't unless they do something crazy and come back with a better OS (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) everything else as well like Windows
0: 12 (laughs) Windows 12 Um, yeah like I I have a PS5 too I don't play many games that's all I. you know like yeah sometimes on PC like I miss playing the old BMG or something like that but yeah, otherwise... I mean,
1: I'm, I'm due for a workstation upgrade sometime next year, probably early, you know, Q... Just get a Mac. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm, I'm uh, asking these uh, very specific questions. Yeah. But um, I guess we'll move on to the next topic. And this is a shout-out to um, at Akin BDI from Instagram, who's kindly sent me this uh, message about Nothing's uh, brand called CMF. Have you heard of this one? No? So it's like a, a subsidiary of the Nothing brand. And um, they actually make watches, earbuds, and uh, chargers. Mm. So it's it's actually fully um, an extension of the Nothing brand. Mm. And they have a watch with uh, 1.96 inch AMOLED display. Um, it's also got brightness of 600 plus nits, um, almost 58 FPS refresh rate. And the charger, apparently, is a uh, 65 watt um, gallium nitrate uh, technology. So that's what they use instead of silicon um and it provides rapid charging with two usb c and one usb a ports and it can charge a nothing Two phone in 25 minutes or less so and they also have a have a um earbuds um which is interesting because nothing also yes, has yes. earbuds
0: so i i'm that's my question why would you have a subsidiary brand for nothing cuz isn't the brand kind of where you want to capture your audience like it has a strong community it has that CalPay is the
1: yeah, and, and I didn't know about this uh when we interviewed him so anyone yeah. who's listening in and haven't watched or listened to it do check that interview yeah. out very cool um guy carl but yeah we, we do I think definitely ask him about this a, a bit more but um yeah it also seems a little bit counterintuitive to mm. me that you know you're building this huge brand on this side and then have similar products with a subsidiary brand on the other side mm. um, well or is
0: it a regional thing is this brand mainly in china or something or don't
1: think so because uh, and here's the an interesting, if you look at the products, they have very similar branding as well. So um, even with the display and, and you know, like um, the aesthetics, very, very similar. Mm-hmm. So again, um, you might like it because it uses a lot of orange, uh, okay. black and, and whites as kind of like the right. whole fusion colors yeah, yeah. in some ways. But other than that, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of an interesting one to to keep, keep an eye out for. Yeah.
0: Like it, it is, I hadn't heard a single thing about it. So yeah. In in that is that a good thing? I don't I'm not so sure for, for I,
1: I didn't hear about it either yeah. until um um the Instagram user Akin sent me a message about it and asked us to cover it. So but the the products they look interesting. The charger specifically looks very interesting. It's a basic charger, but mm. the fact that it's you know quite fast charging mm-hmm. is, is again yeah. something that lots of people would be looking into. Yeah. So again, um I think something just to keep and keep an eye out for. Mm. Um, one other thing I want to bring up today is um, I've been seeing an influx of MetaQuest 3 users. Um, lots of, I don't know if it's paid or just people just in one of those things where people just take up you know, new products and use it. So So people have been using it publicly and using... Uh, uploading videos of about their experiences using it publicly, so they're just wearing it, going into an order, uh, a coffee in a coffee shop. So there's actually this um, video that I watched from a YouTuber called Sadly, it's Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did a video um, and where he actually wears it and goes to Disney World mm. and does a few different things. So he went to you know a castle. He went. He was sitting on a ride. He was watching a firework, and the entire time he was watch he was wearing a Quest Three, and he said that. Um, because it's a camera-based tracking and it works well with well-lit areas using it outdoor had it most optimum performance (laughs) as opposed to wearing it indoors in a dark lit like a darkly lit room or um, uh, in comparison so um, yeah and and his experience was mostly good and um, he called himself a glass hole apparently that's a term that people are being used was wearing (laughs) yes in public Um, but he said that he wanted to be the devil's advocate for the users and most of it was positive stuff that he had to say. So what was he
0: doing? Like, so he had the headset on in Disney World or whatever. Yeah, so he he would, like, for example, you know, he he would
1: completely, he, the way he's positioned it is it has replaced all his other devices, including a laptop, phone, Mm -hmm. everything else. So he was also carrying this, you know, uh, for example, some of the examples I saw were people carrying, like, iPads or, like, uh, a tablet within, within their watching, like, a video while they're still, you know, Sitting around and, and watching everything else around them, so as you would if you were watching a video on your phone, right? Except you've got this big giant thing on your head. So, so things like that. Um.
0: Wait, I still don't quite get it. So, was he using it to kill time in between rides, kind of deal, or like? Um,
1: I, I guess you just have to watch it to to get a better yeah, idea. Okay. Uh, yeah, So we'll 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 link the link the video, but but overall, he was just trying to experience like what it, the people's reaction, plus also his own. I guess comfort levels in, in using it and also doing like multitasking if, you, if it was within those um, outdoor areas. Okay. Uh, one funny thing was the security pulled him away for a little bit, and they were very curious as to what he was doing, why he was doing it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, I think we'll just leave it for the for for the video. So, so on that to topic,
0: I saw a uh, video about the Ray-Ban glasses. I think The Verge. It was The Verge. They did, Man, I want to get them. They did it. No, they did a great. ...piece on it and why it's different. So, like, I kind of dismissed it. um, But, yeah, so that the Meta's uh, collaboration with Ray-Bans... ...and to make those... ...not quite AR glasses, but they're they're what Google Glass kind of were. Mm. So, um, essentially, they were saying that it breaks down a lot of those barriers... ...that were holding wearable tech back in terms of glasses... So for, they just look normal. You look like every, exactly. an everyday normal person yeah. when you're wearing it. And they were saying that the recording, it's two things. Because it's from the perspective of your eyes, it gives a very different feeling to recording on a phone. You don't feel like you're someone who's holding this object and looking at something. It looks like it's just your perspective. Yeah. Um, and the quality is actually quite good. Like think of it close to an iPhone or mm-hmm. any good flagship phone, maybe with a bit of flickering in the dynamic range, but everything's quite good. Uh, the other thing was you don't feel uncomfortable when you're recording certain things. Um, so when you're, for example, they just um, brought it to a wedding and they, okay. they were just uh, taking some videos of different things and it was very intimate moments that didn't ha- seem like they were posed for a smartphone because there was just glasses outdoors. It, you look at that person as it's just like anyone yes. else. Um, so I found that quite interesting uh, except it does raise raise some problems with privacy and they brought up a point talking about now, if you're in public, you it's kind of like this new door has been opened. Yeah. Any, everyone with sunglasses potentially could be recording you. So you could be doing whatever and now you're like everyone with glasses you kind of yeah. have to think twice about. So in a way, it's some trade-offs. It's like, do, does that change things? Um, how, yeah. does, how do people feel about that?
1: I, I think if I'm... For example, you know, wearing those glasses, and first of all, I really want, I looked at, it, in fact, two days ago trying to get it, mm. with my prescription mm. um, lenses, it, it was gonna cost me close to $1,000, so right. I kind of backtracked a little bit. I'll think about it and see, get a few more reviews, but I know for a fact I'll use it a lot more. Mm. Um, the only thing where I'd be a little bit uncomfortable in using is, I guess, when I'm on the bus, and I'm, I don't wanna, I guess, look at someone mm. too much, or when I'm on the, you know, I'm out and about, I wanna look at a stranger and, and uh, I guess that's the only thing I would be kind of uh, be very cautious about that I don't want to give them the feeling that I, I've got like this round camera <laughs> instead of my glasses, potentially recording them. Yeah. Uh, but where I do find it very, very useful, I think, would be, for example, going to a concert, right? Like instead of having my phone up mm-hmm. where I wanna record a memory, like imagine you just, everybody was just wearing yeah. it and the typical—you you don't know, have to do anything. It's do like anything.
0: You're enjoying, but you're wearing sunglasses. No, <laughs> you, is, can oh, the, yeah, you can get clear ones. Yeah, as clear yeah, ones yeah. as yeah. well.
1: Uh, so I guess those who don't wear glasses, for yeah. them, it might be a little bit weird that yeah. wearing sunglasses in a <laughs> in a uh, nighttime. So, so overall, as a um, some as someone who wears glasses, I think it, it's uh, it, it's it's achieved what Google Glass was trying to achieve mm. ten years ago now, mm-hmm. or ten plus years ago snap glasses we're trying to achieve almost mm-hmm. five, six years ago now. Mm-hmm. I think they finally had hit the, hit the spot where it will get um, adopted by the mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, price range, I think, is a little bit high. Mm. Um, but again, um, I think it, you'll start seeing more and more people using that.
0: So in the, uh, um, the review that The Verge did, mm-hmm. They were asking people well they're actually explaining what the um, glasses could actually do and some of their uh, limitations and also just their features and a lot of the people immediately said yes I actually want to get one so that's usually a very very good sign for uh, a product that's brand new essentially so uh, I think it, it will reach mainstream adoption eventually yeah
1: so uh, I've got a question um, mm-hmm. you've been seeing how um, Everyone was very hyped up about the Vision Pro, mm-hmm. right when it was uh, announced. And everyone was just like laughing at Facebook and you mm-hmm. know, uh, especially with their the Metaverse and whatnot. But over the last few months, I think that tide's changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think Facebook's getting gaining a little bit more um, support, bit more positive reviews, and especially with the two different um, hardware products that they've come out. Both seem to be doing very well, at least in public opinion. Mm-hmm. Where does that put Vision Pro now in the scene? Because if these are these two things, which do I wouldn't say the same things, but but very similar things, mm. um, and also uh, they're easier to achieve, uh, sorry, easier to to buy in mm-hmm. terms of um, accessibility, pricing, mm-hmm. barrier to entry, whatnot. Um, where does that place yeah. Vision Pro at? What so three thousand plus yeah. as a product?
0: So, I guess a caveat disclaimer: I haven't used any of the products. Mm-hmm. And I cannot say with any certainty what's going to happen, but just from a you know armchair sitting back look point of view, I think that Meta has done a you know a very smart thing in taking AR. No, it's not really AR, but like wearables. And and on the one hand, just like strictly, they look like regular glasses. Maybe it's an introductory to something that's coming down the line. And then on the other side, we have the Quest. Um, what's Quest? MetaQuest 3. Uh, MetaQuest 3. Meta Quest three. Um, that, yeah, it seems to do some of the AR slash VR stuff better, a lot better than its predecessor. I'm not sure how that compares to the Vision Pro, but I'm assuming that the Vision Pro would exceed that. Mm-hmm. Um, in saying all of that, I think maybe most people may not care that much. It's probably mostly about the price. Mm. Uh, if, if the Vision Pro does something 70 or 80% as well as the Apple headset, then maybe that's enough for most people. Mm-hmm. Um So, I think this puts Apple in a more in a tougher spot than where they were when neither of these products existed, but that being said, I think there will be some very specific use cases where that thirty percent better quality or whatnot on the vision pro actually um, is enough for people to choose that over the metaquest so um yeah uh, that's that's basically my summary of the situation What do you think
1: uh I Wholeheartedly oh, agree with you. I think that's kind of where things are going. as well. I think um, Quest and even the the ray sunglasses or glasses will be uh, more more popular. More of the the common choices that we'll see that the mass people adapt mm-hmm. to. The Vision Pro will take a little bit more backseat because I think what people are thinking that's the only thing available at the time. That's why everyone was like mm-hmm. on the train, but now it seems like it'll be one of those you know luxury products mm-hmm. as opposed to something that's that's you know in every household. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I totally agree. I think that the 20 to 30 percent of the people who want that extras. Probably the, the similar people who also get those trolley, Apple trolley uh, wheels. The
0: wheels. So. I, I wouldn't say <laughs> <laughs> the same. The, the people who got those wheels, who knows what they? I don't they're, know. They're, like, do <laughs> f- have top golden toilets? <laughs> I think so. You know, then that's money to throw away. It's just.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that, Yeah, I think that's probably a little bit above <laughs> that, that echelon, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's where where um it it starts happening. But yeah, um, if you were to get any of these variables, which one would you would you get?
0: Um, that's a good point, you know, like we've just talked about me being in the Apple ecosystem now, <laughs> but I, I think that... Reeling you in. No, no, but I think the Vision Pro is probably too much uh, for me. So, uh, you know, I like VR stuff, but I haven't, I'm not a huge enthusiast about it mm. just yet. Like I hardly use my PlayStation VR, so I'm not probably willing to spend however much on on a luxury headset. So yeah. I would have to say if I was to pick a product, it would probably be the Quest. Um, that's, that's what
1: I think would be yeah. the more popular answer as well. Braden, what are your thoughts on that? Which one would you be getting if you had to get one?
2: I yeah, I mean, I don't use VR like at all. Um, the Meta Quest right now, I'd probably if I was, I mean, if I was going to get it to play games or anything like that, the MetaQuest, But mm. I, I like the idea of the Apple one a lot better. I just don't see myself spending four grand on any kind of VR right now. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think I'm on the same same boat as well. Mm. Um, it would be cool to have access to it. Mm. Like, I think once uh, we get um, golden toilets, maybe yeah. then I'd have one of those just in the <laughs> just lying around, like the Vision Pros. But I think for now, um, the the Meta Three seems like um, the most logical, practical option. Mm. But I think my my entry point would be the Raven glasses because it just seems more. Yeah, I know it's not the same thing, mm. but. Uh, it just seems like um, a very interesting product um, that will open up a lot more opportunities down the line for, for other things mm. uh, on the same path. That, that's, so I, I want to be an early adopter on that, that front. And,
0: and that's kind of what I think Meta's doing. I think introducing the Ray-Ban glasses is just such a simple entry point. It's basically no different to wearing any other kind of headwear. Mm. Uh, eyewear, sorry. Um, and then you know, maybe in version two, they have like little projectors that can read text messages on yeah. your Facebook. Yeah. You know, I don't know, it can go in a lot of directions. And I think this is a good start for them. So
1: yeah, um, I'm also a, a big Instagram user. Like I think between my apps, I think I use Instagram more than Facebook, uh, okay. more than TikTok. Um, so and apparently it's got to do a connection to that as well. So you can just have the glasses on and upload that story right. straight into it. So right. I think that would be quite an interesting yeah. uh, use case. So yeah, just want to try it out. Let's see. Maybe in the next few months I okay. might uh, L- let us know. Convince myself to get hmm. one. Who knows? Um, bit of switch to more software news updates. Well, not really software, but uh, not hardware news, I guess. Um, Twitch. Okay. Have you heard their latest um, announcement this week? I have not. No. So they have announced that they let creators simultaneously stream across any live streaming device, and this is service, sorry, um, and this is the first time that they're doing it. so they're opening up um, for creators to be able to stream alongside any other services, along with, with uh, Twitch being the main um, focal point of it. So uh, previously, streamers could only simulcast on mobile platforms like TikTok and Instagram, but as a Friday, um, they're significantly broadening where streamers can simultaneously go live. Um, they also, I guess, have to make sure that the stream of, um, the quality of the stream on Twitch is no less than the experience on the other platforms, and they cannot share the links and whatnot on the Twitch stream to get people to watch it anywhere else. Um, but they're also doing other product changes, like bringing in collaboration tools like where you can co-stream with others. Um, and also, um, you know, having a feed where you can get like, you know, like for you page kind of discovery Mm -hmm. uh, for for users to get, you know, more category specific, um, category specific um, live streams. So I thought that was interesting because first of all, we covered when Twitch was kind of down at the gutter, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe six or seven months ago now. with some of their crazy updates, some of the I think their their horrendous event that that caused a lot of uh, you know uh, questions. So making this change, I think, even though they were kind of closing off in in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, this was uh, received really positively by the by the creator, mm-hmm. um, by, by the creators on on Twitch. So, so
0: I guess I need a little bit more extra context. So previously, if you were to live stream on twitch you could only live Live
1: stream there and nowhere else so if you were if you had a youtube account if you had um anywhere else for example kick or something like that um you you can't like live stream anywhere else but now if you just live stream in one place you can also i think through twitch's own um application or platform you can connect your other Mm -hmm. uh, places and and i think that's significant because a lot of the Twitch streamers also have big following mm-hmm. elsewhere. So the way the the content pyramid mm-hmm. um, would work, you know, uh, is that you'd have the, the live stream on Twitch that's, you know, unfiltered, goes on. And then you'd have smaller chunks of those videos on YouTube being mm-hmm. posted later, mm-hmm. um, which would be hyper-edited. Mm-hmm. And I guess that also caused a bit of a... Because obviously your time is limited. You're not going to do the same. Say for a gamer on Twitch, you're not going to... Play the same game twice or thrice mm-hmm. for different platforms. You mm-hmm. just want one play once, right? So this will allow for them to now do that simultaneously, especially for big creators who have big followings everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think recently, because so many of the biggest Twitch streamers they um, started having like exclusive deals with Kick mm-hmm. and um, even moving away from from Twitch altogether. Um, I think got them really, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but
0: I guess from a business point of perspective, how do you think? this benefits Twitch?
1: I think if ultimately they want more of the bigger creators to start streaming again mm-hmm. um, on Twitch, and also maybe it might bring some more people in, like if, mm-hmm. if you were already doing you know, YouTube only, and Twitch obviously is the place for for streaming mm-hmm. uh, places, you might start thinking, so and that could also, and because they're also adding that um, for you page discovery mm-hmm. type stuff, Thing that they're also hoping that it will increase discoverability, uh, discoverability of those streamers within the platform. So I think the data shows that doing this would simultaneously with those other product features would get them to get more um, uh, active mm-hmm. uh, users mm-hmm. uh, and viewers and, and therefore I think it will it, probably be a, a good thing. Okay.
0: Um, I guess that the, the risk is it depends on at the end of the, of the day for creators which platform pays more. So, if you're streaming simultaneously on Twitch and YouTube, but YouTube's paying, like, 40% yeah. more, it's kind of like, mm, I guess you could do both, but if, if I don't know, it just depends yeah, on... Yeah,
1: because, I, because I, uh, I don't think... Um, <coughs> you, you, any creator, would have, like, um, you know, the concept of true fans. Like, mm. uh, there's this great essay by Kevin Kelly, um, I don't know two decades ago now but it's idea called true fan, like a thousand true fans yes. right so if you have a um, thousand true fans uh, essentially you know like these are like your hardcore hardcore fans right who will do anything you know if you go play a show in a different city they'll follow you there um, something like that right so uh, most creators would have maybe like five or ten percent of these very hardcore true fans and they're the only ones who would move for the creator from platform to platform mm-hmm. the rest they tend to stick to a platform of choice, so if even if YouTube or any other platform pays more, um, the migration of those, if and if you choose to do exclusive, the migration number would wouldn't be significant enough, I would say, for most creators mm-hmm. to n- just only stick to one. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be yeah, it'll be an interesting, um, uh, I guess, uh, space to watch for for the streaming community to see mm-hmm. where where things go, but. It, this is a significant update because twitch was struggling very yeah, there's a lot of it's made a lot yeah. of mistakes and this seems to be like a universally um appreciative update from their end which is very rare mm-hmm. with uh changes when it's brought on by like youtube or facebook or yeah. any of these uh, yeah. companies so yeah. yeah it's thought something to to keep an eye out mm, on maybe cool. cold fusion streams there soon <laughs> nope <laughs> no chance well,
0: well, yeah <laughs> i don't know what to stream uh,
1: So you can just say, switching gears, quite literally. (laughs) Oh God. You don't have to, I'm just saying.
0: Uh, That's just, uh, that's so bad I didn't even register. (laughs) I don't think it was that bad, come on. (laughs) But it has no gears, anyway, go on. It doesn't.
2: (laughs) It's an electric car. Oh, of course. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) yeah. In other news,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can just, keep, you can just keep this segment, it's gonna be pretty funny. <laughs> uh, The, the Cybertruck is, um, they're gonna take first deliveries on the 30th of November at the Gigafactory in Texas. Um, they're also expected to announce the official pricing around then, which was supposed to be 39900 back when it was first announced in 2019. Uh, Elon said we dug our own grave with the Cybertruck it's one of those special products that come along only once in a long while and with those special products um, they're incredibly difficult to bring to market at, uh, to reach volume uh, to actually be prosperous um, so the Cybertruck has a payload of 3500 pounds um, adjustable air suspension um, and 100 cubic feet of external lockable storage uh, and it has this tray for the rear that um, is strong enough to be stood on. To you can actually stand on the tray right. lid that right. kind of comes out the back. Right. So,
0: so yeah. wait, when did you say the deliveries were? Thirtieth
1: of November. Okay. But but it would have been earlier this year, as okay. far as I remember. It's, it's already delayed by a few months.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, these days you can't expect anything less from Elon. <laughs> Missing deadlines is his specialty. Um, Honestly, I just hope, I just really, really hope that it hasn't been over-engineered and they can't get it up to mass production so you end up with all of these problems down the line that just make it a dud. I just I just really hope that's not going to be the case. Mm. But anyway, well, what do you think?
1: I don't know, like we'll have dead pixels in the middle of the, <laughs> <laughs> middle of the truck.
0: No, but just <laughs> d- dumb things like, yeah, certain things breaking or, I don't know, just, it doesn't have any mirrors, does it?
1: I honestly have um, very minimal idea of what the Cybertruck is. I was hoping um, to look at Brayden and you for, for more <laughs> yeah, information. It's
0: been, but it's been a long time since I've. I've
1: but Brayden, you, you're you're a you know car enthusiast. Um, what are your thoughts on the on the Cybertruck? Like, it it does seem like a very one off
2: one off kind of product. So, I think it was cool when they announced it, and then I think they let it slip for so long, and everything kind of caught up. So the I think the Rivian is probably going to be a better car. I think the F-150 is way more practical mm. um, and more capable. Um, so until like they're out and about and actually being road tested and like compared properly to other cars, I don't, I, I wouldn't buy one right now, like knowing what we know. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see like actual on-road comparisons to the other equivalents. Do you think it's going to be a popular choice uh, for, for many? Or just the way it looks? If,
0: if, if I don't know. If it was the day after announcement, I'd say possibly. But I think, yeah, what Braden said is quite true. There's a lot more competition now. And such a design is so polarizing. Um, obviously, there's going to be some people that love it, but... If it could just take one little thing for people to be like, oh, it's a Cybertruck driver, because you stand out so much. And it's just like, oh, you're one of those guys. I like, you
1: already get so much hate for being a Tesla diver, yeah. driver. A yeah. yeah. I've yeah. seen like videos of people just keying Teslas because yeah. it's a Tesla. Right? And, it,
0: and, and it, there's nothing more obnoxious than, than <laughs> this car. So it can, that's even amplified more. So um, I, I don't think, at least in the United States, I'm not sure if it's going to be that popular. Because it's cause got a million. Um, I, th- I think it's, it's got a million pre- pre-orders. Okay. interesting, interesting. Because I know that F one hundred and fifty is the most popular car in America. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So just having an electric version of that is like a no-brainer for so many people. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard to say. But um, if if that is true, that it has a million pre-orders, at least it's not going to be just one person. So that's yeah. that's
1: all right. On, if it does fail, do you think Elon would uh, quit as the CEO of uh, of Tesla? if it
0: does fail yeah. um what does failure look like <sighs> dead pixels <laughs> <laughs> <What is
1: that? laughs> i don't know man what what's a failure for a truck
0: i guess you you'd say like yeah maybe manufacturing problems a lot of defects recalls maybe mm. not as much sold you lost money on r and d let's just say all of that happens yeah. um i'll still say no he'll be like no uh, you know um He'll, he'll probably put some spin on it, like it's, this has happened to all new ambitious products and just, you know, we'll get it sorted within two weeks, free update for, yeah. you know, this and that. So, um, I don't think he will. I don't okay. think he will. Okay,
1: so, um, the deliveries will begin from next month and um, the wait times stretch four years with one million pre-orders. Sorry? So, the, so the wait times have stretched four years. It might take more than four years to clear its bank of one million oh. pre-orders. So, Imagine. it only starts from... So if wow. you so four years from now, it would have been almost 10 years since you would have ordered if you had ordered in mm. 2019. I don't mm. know if you, they took orders then, but um, they do have a... So yeah, the one million number is is correct. So they do okay. have million
0: pre-orders. Yeah, I don't know. If, if I was waiting 10 years for a car, a lot would have changed in that time frame. Um, oh, okay, four extra years from now. A lot yeah. would have changed in that time frame. They would, I don't know. The Rivian might come out with some beast that travels two trillion miles and, <laughs> on one on one charge. Or yeah, something. but the EV space is also I think there's getting, been a drop in sales. It's yeah. it's kind of busting at the moment. But I think that's just overall economics. I think everything's sales of everything are going down.
1: Right. Um, but but in terms of EVs, do you think the the hype cycle's slowing down not because of the economy but because of the product just know, of we itself? Are. Yeah.
0: Um, I think it would have been an awfully fast hype cycle. I think maybe this is just a temporary trough because the technology is still improving. Mm. We're getting better range, um, more practical cars, more options. So I think it's quite healthy in terms of just looking at it from the outset. So, Mm. um, yeah, I I don't think it's going to die and EVs are over. I think it's just maybe a, a temporary lull right now. Okay. It's just my opinion, there.
1: Well, we'll be it will be interesting to see how how it all plays out. Um, mm-hmm. I say that um, I asked the question if if Musk going to leave as a CEO because the next topic is about CEOs leaving. Oh, okay. Apparently, um, CEOs are leaving their jobs at a record breaking um, record breaking number. Uh, so, more than fourteen hundred um, CEOs have left their positions so far this year. To September, according to a report by executive coaching firm, Challenger, Gray and Christmas. That's up almost 50% on the same period last year. Um, and the highest on record um, over that period since the firm began ra- tracking in 2002, so in, in almost 20 years or more than 20 years now. Um, they attribute much of it due to the churn, um, mu- they attribute much of the churn to the economy uh, being in flux. Um, and also the companies are revving up for economic changes. Um, and also with the rise of labor costs, interest rates, companies are looking at different and new leaders, according to the to the firm. Um, it does seem like an interesting trend, where, mm-hmm. because you would have seen lots of people, I guess, quit their jobs, uh, you know, the great resignation mm-hmm. that happened earlier last year, and also a lot of layoffs has been happening for most of the tech companies. CEOs li- leaving, or I guess, uh, CEOs being fired slash quitting, whatever you want to call it, uh, or just being displaced in their positions. Um, you don't hear about that too often unless there's like a major scandal mm-hmm. in place or something of that sort. So um, I, I wonder where they're going to. Is it like there, is the is it because of a demographic shift? Um, is it because structuring of the company? Um, maybe they're moving into uh, board member positions and, and newer CEOs are coming. So I just think it's an interesting trend to be seeing in like the, the highest, you know, in, in 20 plus years. I
0: think, I think it makes perfect sense. And like they were saying, I think the uncertainty of a lot of things, if you're just at that point where you're like, look, I could retire or like there's another job opportunity, which I know could be simpler, like you, you're probably going to take it because, yeah, with economy being in flux in terms of, who knows what's going to happen in the first year? How do you project? How do you make sure to steer a company in the right direction with everything being so uncertain? It's just, it just makes sense that you might just jump ship, just take the parachute and get out of there. Because really, it's it's being an employee of a company in a in, and having job job up uncertainty is hard enough. But leading people, I think, in this time and place, I think is. Extremely yeah, think,
1: difficult. Uh, uh, oh, one thing a lot of people miss is yes, you know, CEOs do get a lot of perks and whatnot. And I'm not trying to, um, I guess, uh, quote unquote, humanize a lot of the situation there because that's what people seem to get upset about. But um, but CEOs are also um, responsible and and uh, bound to answer to you know the board. Um, and 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 a lot of the times, if you're not doing a satisfactory job, you're you're out of the picture, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, technically if you're part of the board like you ha- you hold the highest position in a company not mm. being the ceo mm. so um yeah i think it's uh especially now it, it's it has to be one of the more more stressful company simple jobs <laughs> yeah um but it'll be interesting to see uh, just just how how these numbers kind of span out because if you're seeing see like a more younger generation of ceos stepping in and that could be more of a demographic mm. shift versus I guess you'd have like like this whole generation of CEOs who are in that position for like 15 plus years or something Just and now they're slowly like kind of retiring mm. or moving and on. And then the
0: new ones that come in are the Adam Newman's, the Elizabeth <laughs> Holmes, <laughs> all the best. <laughs> all, all
1: the number ones. Um, my bet's on SBF. <laughs>
0: Oh, have right. you have you heard the? Um, I've seen he- bizarre headlines. The,
1: the, yeah. yeah, of the of the trial from the trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Bizarre headlines of things that were revealed, but it just seems like there's so much. I haven't even, yeah, had a time to. Yeah, and um,
1: also the 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 book that came out about him has revealed a lot more, which yeah. we kind of touched on, uh, you know, a few yeah. episodes ago. So um, yeah, I think the next coming few weeks and months, we'll we'll get get to see more of that, but. Man, what a what a year! Because um, it, it, it's what it came out almost a year ago now, November last year.
0: It would, would have to be something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the actual fall, I'm not sure. But yeah, it's it's one of the most bizarre cases, and I'm sure there's going to be three movies done on this one. <laughs> um, actually, the uh, I saw a trailer for um, the uh, what do you call it? The GameStop. That whole oh. GameStop fiasco, that movie's out, coming out now.
1: Okay. Yeah. So It's going to be movies about everything now. Yeah. It just seems like it. Yeah. Um, might
0: as well. Like, it's a good story. So, yeah. It might as well. It will yeah. be interesting.
1: Um, do you know, is it's like a big production or like one of those? Um,
0: apparently it is, but I'm not very good with di- directors' names okay. and whatnot. But, but it has cool. like some big names so in it. Big names, yeah. okay.
1: should, be, should be an interesting one. Um, one thing I want to touch on. Uh, which I, I guess we'll do a deeper dive in the next episode, uh, is about the Digital Services Act in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. So they, um, it, it's it's going all in, in terms of what they're trying to do. So I guess the overarching goal of the DSA is to, they uh, say is to foster better online environments. And it essentially lets um, uh, online platforms to implement, um, to prevent and remove posts containing illegal goods, services, um, and also giving users the means to report this type of content. It also lets um, uh, DSA ban targeted advertising based on a person's sexual orientation, religion, ethnicity, or political beliefs, and also puts restriction on how you can advertise to to minors or, or children. So, very interesting, um, I guess, approach and how they are holding the big tech accountable for a lot of these things. It's It's gaining momentum. It's it's also there's lots of back and forth between big tech and EU. So I want to cover this story a little bit in depth. So um, maybe we'll we'll go into a deeper dive into the in the next episode. But very interesting how EU is changing so much of the tech landscape mm-hmm. from <laughs> iphones
0: USB USB C, replaceable to, batteries yeah. to
1: this and, and a lot of people are saying that this could fundamentally change the way internet works in in europe and
0: could spill yeah. across but the, the thing about batteries. i have to look into it and i guess we will but the thing i worry about this stuff is that like, like yes everything on paper looks really good but mm-hmm. is there any unintended consequences that we may not foresee that could come out of this like um, so far, I can't see any, but I'm just—it's just something I wonder.
1: Yeah, um, which is why I really want to um, get into this uh, a bit more, um, because it seems like only it'll also impact even other tech companies, not just the the, the big tech ones. So, mm. interesting times. Um, before we, I guess, say, buy it from this episode, I got a question for for both of you. Um, No, something sorry (laughs) sorry i mean that actually (laughs) makes sense Uh, the the question is because of ai and and how it's picking up in the in the medical uh, sphere as well and there's a few stories around that if um we get to a point where we've got a robot that's um functioned by an ai would you let it operate on you
0: um, H- hasn't that been done before? Like fully AI functioned robot? Not not AI. I guess it was a human controlling controlling on, a robot. The, yeah, yeah, but okay. it was
1: like more of the mechanism that was still controlled
0: by the right, robot. Right. So you're saying if an AI, well, okay, if it was such the case that in this time period we had statistics on human surgeons versus AI surgeons, and the AI surgeons had a 99.8 percent success rate, but the human surgeons were like 86. Mm. I'll just go over the statistics, right? Uh, what if you were like the first person? to Oh <laughs> well, no, <I> <laughs> no. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Brayden,
1: what are your uh, thoughts on that? How much are they going to pay me for it? Pay <laughs> okay, you
2: to be a test subject? Be uh, right. one of the first. Five
1: million dollars. That's how many vision pros <laughs>
2: in, in this economy. <laughs> <laughs> I might. <laughs> Look, <laughs> look! hey, look, If, the, if it was hitting accuracy marks well enough
0: <laughs> but, but the thing is What's the surgery? That's the big question uh, I mean it, it
1: could threaten your life If it goes wrong <laughs> Okay so, so maybe it could be simple surgery Like maybe I don't know Like wisdom tooth extraction or something But then it might just Cut or through your skull
2: like
0: <laughs> <angst>.
1: <laughs> Would give
2: you a smile That you didn't ask for As long as it didn't risk Leaving me like Fully brain dead <laughs> Like Maybe,
0: okay. What about you? If you're the first test subject, no way. Okay, five million dollars, no way. Oh, okay. Nah, it's
1: um, yeah. I know we're we're very tech enthusiasts, <laughs> but when it comes to uh, really facing the the music with these things, um, like uh, I don't even get the phones when they come out with the risk of that. You know, I wanted to be you know tested by the by the public first and see. If they're hazardous or not. Speaking of which, could your phones?
0: <laughs> play <how> <laughs>
1: If you haven't watched it, go on Cold Vision, uh channel to watch. <laughs> but uh, that, that wasn't the plan, segue or anything like that. But um yeah, I'm, I'm very. It's a very risk-averse. I'm a first adopter, but I, I'm not the first person to get the first piece of technology that comes yeah. out. Yeah, but wait and when it bit. comes
0: to your body, I think even more yeah, so. Yes, I wouldn't be
1: yeah. um, like I wasn't on like you know waiting in queue for the Ozempic or other vaccines pa- pa- or whatnot. Apparently,
0: apparently Ozempic, um, oh, I can't remember what organ it is, but it helps like with liver damage or something. It's actually like a positive.
1: Funded yeah. by Ozempic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, it was a funny headline because they stopped the study because it was too successful. So yeah, it was like... It was like, they so was, like cancer. It was no, they, they were like testing it off-label for something else and it was showing really good results. So they stopped the study. So yeah, like I was like, what the... Usually it's not like that. We're yeah, usually like, these- I've been seeing a lot of
1: interesting headlines about Olympic, Yeah, um, which is why the first drug that came in my mind. But anyway.
0: Yeah. So I think that's about it for this episode. So thanks for watching and thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll catch you again soon for the next one. Cheers.